0: The following is a Tony Lasano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now Free Kicks. Free Kicks. with Illinois Youth Soccer Association's director of coaching, Adam Howarth, and Rick Kemper. Hey, good morning everybody, or afternoon, or evening. Whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast, that's the beauty of podcasts, is listen to them at your own leisure. <laughs> And I am Rick Kempfer, coming to you live from uh, my own home again. Uh, the construction has stopped, and we're finally back in a home office, and hopefully the uh, audio quality will be better from here on in, and my apologies for the last uh, few months. I ha- hope it hasn't been too much of a hassle for you, Adam.
1: No, it's been fine. I could hear you fine. It's, I'm just glad you're back. Okay. Back, back, back at home.
0: Back in the saddle. yes. So uh, why don't we uh, launch right into it? Because there's a lot of things happening on the pitch. Here's the audio.
1: Premier League football. What's happening on the pitch?
0: So lots of good games going on this past week. And I happened to watch uh, three or four of them uh, from start to finish. And the one that I wish I hadn't watched (laughs) from start to finish was the Liverpool Man U game, which was supposed to be that was Adam's TV tip.
1: Yeah, I know what a terrible TV tip that was.
0: Yeah, I mean in the first half, <laughs> I think I think three players went down for Manu. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Three injuries in the first half they had to replace, and some key players. Jesse Lingard yeah. came in and then got injured. You know, just moments later.
1: Yeah, yeah. They talk, I know it was interesting. I was reading a little bit about the Lingard situation and. Um, you know i think he'd been struggling with an injury and he'd looked good in training and even the manager said afterwards and maybe this was probably one of his only mistakes he's made this year yeah he maybe maybe brought him back a bit too early and uh, and then after that the second half um, it was just a complete waste of time it i mean was. it was just it was shocking i mean liverpool didn't even have a shot on goal and right. Uh, right. man united man united was you know quite content just hanging out so you know they were just trying to get through the game because of all the injuries they had dealt with so yeah um, unfortunately uh uh viewers and listeners there i'm a, it's, it was a tough one it was a tough one to to, to put in as a tv tip because it was pretty garbage
0: you know the uh the thing that surprised me about liverpool in the second half was, i guess you know Firmino is a big player for them and when he yeah. went down um uh, they they just lost all ability to handle things. I I just I guess I never really thought of him as the key guy. I always thought Mane and and Sala were both more key to, to the front than Firmino. But he's kind of the the glue that holds the three of them together, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I think so. Especially because he's a little bit more central than the other two, so he kind of stays more in the middle. And and really, you know, any one of those three, it seems like if any one of those three goes down, there's definitely uh, a little bit of a, a, a struggle. And they, right. they seem to get, get they seem to get on so well. They play so well together, bringing in a new player, And then, you know, like a Sturridge who came in and played, you know, significant amount of minutes. And right. he really hasn't he really hasn't touched the ball all season. So yeah, that and, made and it you very can tell
0: <laughs> <And> you can, <laughs> exactly you know, he's a good player, but it's not like, you know, Man City or, you know, even Chelsea or some of these other clubs where if somebody goes down, they've got another superstar they bring in in yeah. um, like Man United. They were bringing in, you know, Sanchez, uh, you know, grudgingly, <laughs> Alexi, yeah. uh, apparently they hate him. Uh, yeah. But they brought him in finally when everyone else went down. But they still had, you know, they still had this firepower on the bench. Liverpool is really kind of a thin uh, bench, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, and that's always been the issue. And I think, you know, whenever one of those th- front three go down, there's a little bit of a concern. Um, Sturridge is still a quality striker. But again... He doesn't get in. He doesn't play, and it's it's all about playing. You know, a lot of these players don't play. I think Man United have probably done a better job of kind of uh, uh, you know evaluating and looking at their players, and then probably putting those players in in more of a cycle type of a system. Whereas Liverpool, you know, they, they pretty stay consistent with the players that they have.
0: Right, that's true. And with the big, uh, we talked about this last time with uh, with the big slot of games that some of these teams have. The teams that don't have a deep bench are going to be feeling it. And it looks yeah. like Liverpool is starting to feel it a little bit.
1: Right. Now they're consistently playing two games a week. I mean, right. sometimes it may even be two and a half, three games sometimes when you get to that point. Right. So, yeah, you've got to have that deep bench. And some teams are built to do it and others are not.
0: Yeah. Well, as we as we head into the home stretch now in the Premier League, there are 11 games left, I believe. Yes, 38 for the season, right? I think they've just finished the 27th. So uh, at at this point, if if the season were 27 games long, Liverpool's the champs. But these last 11 games are going to be key.
1: Yeah, this is it. I mean, they're one point ahead right now. Uh, goal differential is not in their favor. Nope. Uh, so they've got to, they've got to kind of beef that up a little bit and maybe the the next run of games. Although, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the TV tip here. They've got some tough games coming up. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's not going to be easy for them as, as well as the other teams kind of right on their heels a little bit too.
0: Well, let's talk about the weird situation that happened with your favorite team, Chelsea. I know you saw this in the, uh, in the cup of uh, championship game, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, what a what strange
0: in the world.
1: <laughs> very strange. Very strange. So, you know, this is kind of off 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 the uh, Premier League. So this is the Carabao yeah. Cup. So Chelsea obviously got into the final played Man City. Everybody was just a little concerned as to what was going to happen, especially after Man City had beaten Chelsea 6-0 in the league earlier last week. Right. And and to be fair, Chelsea played very well. They did. I they, they they really took Especially it to Man City.
0: defensively. I thought they played yeah. very well.
1: And to be fair, had some good chances. Were a little bit unlucky. Maybe an offside here and there could have gone their way. And then you get into extra time and then all hell breaks loose. I don't know what was going on. It was just the most bizarre thing I've ever seen.
0: Now, for those of you who didn't see it, uh, at, at one point, it, it was in overtime, wasn't it?
1: Yes, it was.
0: Uh, the, the coach decided to bring in a different keeper and obviously he wanted to do that in case it went to penalty kicks that would be my guess right isn't that what you were thinking
1: yeah i mean there was a little bit of everything there were so many different scenarios but what happened was from what i saw was the keeper went down he supposedly had an injury right so right. they wanted to make that change but i i also think there was a little bit of a tactical uh, issue to it as well because Caballero had played really well. He actually was the goalkeeper in the semi-final against Tottenham and made a couple of key saves because they won that one on a on right. penalty kick shootout. Um, and the goalkeeper was going down. He looked like he was injured, hamstring. He'd had some hamstring issues, whatever it may be. Looked like a cramp. You know, that's a whole other story. How a goalie gets a cramp in itself, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea.
0: That's a great point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, okay, whatever. And then... And then you know, Sari's signaling. He's got the other goalkeeper Caballero on the side. He's stripped off, ready to go. Signals to get him off, and Kepa doesn't want to
0: come off. He wouldn't come it. off. I, I've never seen that. He said no. He like if now you're a coach. If one of your players did that, I mean, what 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 can you do?
1: Yeah, well, I think it was at a point where you've just got to stand and wait until he comes off. I mean, and I think that was what the issue was. But it was also like the, three
0: minutes. I watched I was watching it. it it's not like he didn't wait. You know what yeah. I mean? it was like three minutes of, you know, come on off. No, I'm not coming off. Come on off. I'm not coming off. You know, <laughs> I, know.
1: I, I know. And he's shaking his hands, he's yeah. no, he's not wanting to come off. The, the poor other goalkeeper, Caballero, he didn't know what was going on. So he was just standing there waiting. They actually had the board up in front to bring him off. So, yeah, it was just a bizarre situation. From my standpoint, I probably would have just stayed there and said, you're coming off. Yeah. You know, or at least, and I think this was another part of the debate as well, is would one of the players step up? What about the captain, Asper Quetta? Could he step up and say, look, Hey, caper, you got to go off. Yeah, that's a good
0: point. That's a good point.
1: You know, one of those other plays, and I think that's, you hate to say that, I think that's part of the problem right now with with, where Chelsea is. There's a lot of dysfunction, there's a lot of issues you can see, and this is just, this boiled out in front of everybody to see. Right. And so. Um, that was the alarming thing. You could see he was beside himself. He, he started walking out as if he was going to leave. Yeah, it was, just, it was strange. Yeah. It was yeah, it was a it was a very weird situation. So I'm definitely on the favor of the manager yeah. to get him out, try and get him out. And then you know the conversation afterward, the decision. I guess they end up finding uh, the goalkeeper a week's wages uh, as of yesterday.
0: Seems which fair. Is a,
1: yeah, which seems fair. Although I think some of the other people are saying it should have been the maximum fine, which would have been two weeks' wages. Oh,
0: okay, have, yeah, and, you could yeah, do more.
1: you could, yeah, I guess that's the maximum. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, that would have been close to four hundred thousand dollars. He's only got fined two hundred. I mean, two hundred thousand dollars for the week. You know, <laughs> yeah,
0: please, that's my wiping money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. So, yeah, and so. Um, so yes, yeah, so now he's been fined, and then I was reading this morning that uh, sorry's come out and said that there's a good chance he may drop him for the next game. So, yeah, of
0: course he should, don't you think?
1: I would. I, to be honest, I would probably keep him out of the squad for quite a while. I mean, I think he's definitely hurt the team, and I think it's time to move on. So, yeah, yeah lots of lots of discussion on this one. It really is. <laughs> um, as as just...
0: Funboy3 said in 1983, the lunatics have taken over the asylum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's madness. It's madness. That's for sure.
0: Yes. Well, so let's talk about, Uh, Chelsea's standing in the uh, Premier League because over this past weekend, Arsenal kind of slipped in there. All of a sudden, no one was really talking about Arsenal, and now they're in the top four.
1: Yeah, I mean they did slip in there. You're absolutely right. They got the good result over the weekend. Obviously, Chelsea are now a game behind, so the games played is a little disjointed. That's true.
0: That's that's that's
1: why that's why they have these midweek games this week. Um, so Chelsea plays, and they got a tough one, obviously, this week too. But if they do win, from what I see, if they do win uh, their midweek game and they score win by three goals, they actually will go back into fourth place. Yeah, because uh, the goal difference—the great thing about goal difference—because that's the deciding factor, which I think is great. Arsenal's at eighteen, Man United's at seventeen, Chelsea's at sixteen, all fighting for the fourth spot. <laughs> yeah, so awesome. you couldn't you, you couldn't get it any closer than that.
0: Yeah, that, that's going to be fun to watch for the rest of the season.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so uh, there was one other game that I... Actually, two other games I wanted to talk to you about. One one is... Yeah. This is just a brief thing. Uh, Bournemouth against Wolves. They're both kind of in the same general vicinity uh, on the table. They're playing a game that's a draw. They're, they're fighting hard. Uh, they're in the at stoppage time. They're in the 94th minute. And all of a sudden the sprinklers go on. (laughs) I mean, and they went on all over the field. You know how they all have the underground sprinkler systems now with the thing that comes out of the ground and starts spraying water. And, and the funny thing was just the way the, the players all looked at each other, like, Yeah, I think this is God saying, let's just end this thing. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: That's great. Yeah. They played enough. Let's just go. Yeah,
0: it's done. (laughs) That's it. All right. Okay, we get it. It's over. And then, you know, by the time they got it all set up, uh, you know, they got it all turned off. Um, and the players were walking around. It was like a you know an amateur thing where these players are walking around stepping on the sprinkler heads to make sure they're all down, and they got it all set up again. They start up the game, and poop, the, the ref blows the whistle. <laughs> so it's
1: wow, like, that, that's great. That's great. It's
0: fun to watch. Yeah. And then the last one I want to talk to you about is uh, Leicester City against uh, Crystal Palace because that game cost the coach of Leicester City his job they lost 4 to 1 Leicester lost 4 to 1 to Crystal Palace but I watched that game and it was one of those games where Leicester you'd never believe it but Leicester totally dominated looked a million times better than Crystal Palace yeah four mistakes and yeah. all four of them were put in and that's against one of the best keepers in the world too
1: yeah, yeah. Now, it, obviously, it's cost the, the manager his job, and it's been a tough one, um, especially with the, the situation at Leicester. There, there's been some situations there with the players, right. uh, especially Vardy.
0: Jamie Vardy.
1: Yeah, coming out, he's a little upset. He was a little upset with Pujol, and I, I think the respect factor had gone. And, you know, they always talk about how the uh, the managers lost the locker room, the dressing yeah. room. Um, it seemed like that had happened a few weeks ago. There was a couple of things, you know. And this is one. This is the beauty about TV nowadays. You can pretty much lip read and find out what players sure. are, are say, saying about their manager. And I think he was caught saying something uh, maybe not too tasteful about his manager uh, <laughs> under his breath. And uh, yeah, and so he, everybody already kind of started to think. And obviously, he got fired pretty much right after the game.
0: Right and you were telling me right before we went on that uh, there is news in that regard.
1: Yeah, some breaking news here on Free Kicks. Yeah, we've got some uh, uh, right here in the I think within the next 24 hours and this is being reported on the BBC so you know it's got to be uh got to be correct. true. Got to be true, but it's not been officially said that uh, uh, by Leicester or Celtic but Brendan Rodgers, the former oh. Liverpool manager will be potentially the new Leicester City manager within the next 24 hours. So breaking news here. You hear it first on Free Kicks.
0: Now, don't you think that anybody coming into that situation, I mean, there's some talent on that team.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think that's what Brendan Rodgers is seeing. I think obviously he wants to be, a be, be around the Premier League. I sure. mean, this is the best league in the world. He wants to be part of it. He's got some. It looks like I think he's got some money to work with. He's got some good support. Seems like the people there are fantastic, a good squad. Um, so I think he can do some do some really good things with them. And I believe he's taking all of his staff from Celtic with him. So Celtic's got a quite a job on their hands to try and replace him. But yeah, it's it's a good situation. I don't think they're really in too much trouble in terms of being relegated. They're a little bit no. out of that zone. So. I think they're in good shape, so he could probably finish off the season and, and really kind of make the team his own by start of next year.
0: Yeah, that could be a good situation for him. It could be a situ- good situation for uh, Leicester City. So
1: yeah, and they and they won the league just a few years ago. Right, like you know. So that's the crazy thing about it. So it's it's a place he can win at.
0: Yep. Okay, uh, it's time to explain their foreign tradition. Let's get the audio.
1: And now, explain that foreign tradition, please.
0: Okay, so I'm following uh, I'm following the league of, on Twitter, and, yeah. I, and I see the uh, I see that Chelsea has been punished uh, for some sort of violation. Now, can you please explain to me what that was, why they were punished, and how this will affect them?
1: Yeah, so so basically, what happened is FIFA has banned Chelsea for a period of two transfer windows.
0: That's after a pretty a, big uh, deal, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so after a couple of violations, the, the main, the kind of the biggest violation is what they were doing was that they were accused of registering minor players. Um, so they were, had too many youngsters kind of put them on trial. They were playing in their youth teams, and then they weren't registering the players. So it's a bit like, you know, if you compare it to youth soccer here – Putting players on your team or having guest players on your team, and they're playing in games, and they're not putting them on your roster. Yeah. Um, so, so you can't trust t-
0: those Russian oligarchs. I'm telling you, <laughs> you can't right. trust them.
1: I know, I know, but it, probably the biggest hope, high-profile one was uh, Traore. He's uh, the international for Burkina Faso. You know that soccer powerhouse in right. Burkina Faso. Um, <laughs> but he actually they uh, they legally signed him. But because he was out of the area, what ended up happening was uh, they ended up kind of getting caught because they put him into a private boarding school. There was all these extra benefits. It's a bit like some of the NCAA yeah. rules. You kind of have to do. I think they paid the, his parents over one hundred fifty thousand pounds as well, and it just got a little bit, you know, a little bit uh, tricky in that respect. So, shady,
0: shady uh, dirty, shady
1: stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's not the best. Now that being said, they're going to appeal it. They'll probably get it down to one transfer window because if you remember, Barcelona had the same problem a few years ago. Right. Um, it's happened to Real Madrid as well. Um, and But what I think will end up happening, and I hope this, is that this next transfer window where they're not going to be banned, they're going to be able to hopefully spend a good chunk of money. And that's exactly what Barcelona did. They ended up spending over 200 million dollars uh, pounds buying all these you know amounts of players right. so they ended up buying Suarez Rakitic um the goalkeeper uh Testegen. so they ended up buying a bunch of players with that 200 million and it worked out well for them so we'll see you know especially depending on what happens with Hazard if he stays or goes there could be some major changes
0: Yeah they may have a goalie issue now too
1: Right exactly <laughs> yeah we might be looking for a goalkeeper you're absolutely right I mean they got rid of, which was obviously a world class goalkeeper. Who went to Real Madrid and bought a one quickly, a young goalie. But now, who knows what's going to happen?
0: Yeah, a young hothead. That's yes. what. I'm, that's what I'm calling him. All right, it's time for our weekly quiz. Now we've only got one more quiz after this week. The last one is going to be Brighton, Hove Albion. Wow! Uh, this week we're going to test your knowledge of Newcastle. Are you right. ready? I Newcastle think so. is one of the is one of the you know, longest-running teams in England. It's uh, it's been a big club forever, wouldn't you say? Yeah,
1: no question. The Magpies have been around for a long, long time. Probably one of the most well-supported teams in the whole country. You know, they 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 sell out their 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 stadium almost on a weekly basis.
0: Yes. Well, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because the first question is a uh, question about attendance. Okay. And it's their record setting game. On September 3rd, 1930, Ooh. Newcastle set their attendance record with over 60,000 fans coming to one of their games. Okay. Uh, I'm sure they broke every uh, fire code in the book. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> which yeah. is why that record won't be broken. But the yeah. question is this who were they playing against? I'll give you four choices. Were they playing against Blackburn, Man U? Everton or Chelsea?
1: I'm going to go go with my team, Chelsea.
0: Wow, that's a good guess. And you are correct. It is Chelsea. Nice. All right, one for one. Uh, This one might be a little too easy, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. All right. Who is the all-time leading scorer in Newcastle history? Do I need to give you the choices?
1: I don't think so. I think I can tell you this one.
0: (laughs) Okay, go ahead.
1: Mr. Alan Shearer.
0: Very good. Okay. There were three (laughs) other choices, but I knew you'd get that one. All right. That was my free one. Now, these last three are the hard ones.
1: All right. Okay.
0: Which one of these British Hall of Famers never played for Newcastle? Okay. All right. Paul Gascoigne, Kevin Keegan, David Beckham, Michael Owen.
1: I think I've got that one. I think it's Mr. David Beckham. All right, so that one wasn't that hard after all. All
0: right, now this one's going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which celebrity is not a Newcastle supporter? Okay. That David Beckham one was pretty easy now that I think about it, wasn't it? <laughs> all right, which celebrity is not a Newcastle fan? Is it A, Sting, B, Brian Johnson from ACDC, dc C, Tony Blair, former prime minister, or D, David Cameron, former prime minister?
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, I know Sting was born in the Northeast. I'm guessing Brian Johnson was born in the Northeast, too. I'm no, I don't know as much about ACDC as I'm sure you do.
0: He's actually um, from Australia.
1: Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with one of the two prime ministers. I'm pretty sure Tony Blair is a Chelsea fan, so I'm going to go with Tony Blair.
0: I'm sorry. It's David Cameron. Tony uh, Blair is a Newcastle fan. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah, according Excellent. to Newcastle, <laughs> according to their okay. website. So, you know, they may they may be lying, but uh, that's, uh, that's yeah. what they say. Interesting. All right, so you got one wrong. That's good. Right. You've already passed the test, though, so this last one's an easy one. Who won the Premier League Golden Boot while playing for Newcastle? Okay. Michael Owen, Kevin Keegan, Andy Cole, Alan Shearer.
1: Uh, I've got to go with Alan Shearer. I would think he's the one.
0: That's only half correct.
1: Because they've all won it. No. A trick
0: one. <laughs> there, it is a trick question, but only one of the one of the other three has won it. Which one is I, it?
1: It's got to be uh, Michael Owen.
0: No, it's Andy Cole.
1: Andy Cole. Won, Andy I'll
0: Cole won. and Al, Alan Shearer both won it. So there you go. All right, All so right. you did well. I knew you were going to win that one. So uh, it's yeah. not that great. All <laughs> right, next week is the last quiz, and then we'll have to come up with another uh, another feature. And I've got a couple of ideas. I'll run by you when we get off the air here. It All right, good time for America talk. Yes, in this country, we call it soccer, partner. So you were in America's heartland. You were actually in Tennessee. Yes, last weekend. That's uh, right beautiful
1: memphis memphis tennessee yeah we were down there we we took 18 teams so we were very busy friday through uh monday so we actually played over president's day weekend which was great all the teams did fantastically well so this was our olympic developmental program state teams Uh, we actually was also able to bring an extra team as well with us uh just due to numbers which is our pool team and uh it was cold. <laughs> there was yeah. no question. It was cold. I mean, I don't. It, nobody expected it to be as cold as it was. But we were out there playing on the grass. Uh, we got all the games in, and uh, I'll be honest with you. To be fair, we the great thing about these these tournaments is we really don't keep score. We don't keep um, you know standings that kind of stuff. And it, it really helps with the environment in terms of we're just worried about how the players do and
0: um you're not trying to you know, win trophies this is exactly yeah, yeah we're not
1: we're, it's all about the development and then we end up actually having what we call these all-star matches so each state for each age group will pick three or four players maybe sometimes even more to play in an all-star game under the lights in the evening which is really kind of cool uh, and they have a nice big stadium there as well so we did that as well so they get their little bit of credit there in terms of where they're at but I will probably say. I mean, not that we're keeping score, but we are. That makes sense.
0: Um, <laughs> I know every- you. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. You are um, a competitive man.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we, I could definitely say we probably, in one hand, out of all of the games, we probably lost less than less than less than the less wins on one hand. So, which was uh, uh, a pretty good showing, I think, in terms of how we did. So, uh, we didn't lose very many games, which was nice. Uh, but, yeah, best. overall, overall, it was a great experience for the kids just to play against other states. There was ten states there, uh, not, uh, seven Midwest, and then three from the south. You had Mississippi, Tennessee, and um, Alabama. So, you know, these are not types of states you're going to play on a regular basis. So it's yeah. great, to, great to see Illinois versus Mississippi in a game, which was
0: kind of cool. And as we always talk about, when you go on these road trips with your teams – these are bonding experiences. These are the these are the sort of trips that these kids never forget, even if they decide to stop playing soccer at a certain point. A lot of these kids will play for many years, but the ones that don't, they'll never forget this trip to Memphis, Tennessee.
1: You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it was great. They looked fantastic with their new with their nice kits. They looked really good, and uh, you know, it was funny just seeing a couple of the age groups. A couple of the parents said to me, "Yeah, these guys get along so well. Uh, they've already got a you know an, a text chain going. They're talking to each other all a the time. Meet. So a group me, <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's really kind of cool to see that that. Uh, and these are all kids from different clubs, and that's what that's the nice thing about it. You know, you put the the best with the best, and it's really a, a pretty cool cool thing to see.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. We had our uh, Schlachtfest in uh, uh, green, yes. green White this past weekend, and we paid tribute to our." Uh, our national champion uh, President's Cup winners, our U19 girls team, and we crowned a Miss Green-White and, and ate lots of sausage. So that was our big event of the year. Um, but uh, it, it's time now for the thing that everyone tunes in for, and that is this time we're hoping it's a little better than the last time. It's Adam's TV tip. Now time for Adam's Weekend Soccer TV Tip. All right, tell us, what what game can we not miss? I tell you what, it's
1: going to be a Derby weekend, that's for sure. So we've got a bunch of games here. I'm going to give you the one game I think is going to be the best one of the weekend. It's on Sunday, Everton at home against Liverpool. The yeah. Merseyside Derby, definitely a, a game you don't want to miss. You can throw the the positions out of the window. That is true
0: in that case, isn't it? Especially when it's a home game for Everton.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game, especially Liverpool coming off that result. I think Everton's going to want to knock them off. They certainly don't want Liverpool to win the league. (laughs) So that's going to give them some motivation. Um, So I think that's going to be the one to watch. I think that's a a, a mid-morning game, maybe a 10 a.m. kickoff on that Sunday. So that's the game to watch. And there's a couple of other derbies as well going on. uh, But uh, I think Everton-Liverpool will be the one to watch.
0: Can I ask you a question about Liverpool? Because I was watching um – the Man U game and the announcers were talking about how they had discussed with fans there at uh, Manchester United, um, you know, who would they rather see win the league? Yeah. Liverpool or Man City? And and the you'd think that would be a no brainer because the hatred for Man City must be intense being in the same town, having to run into your, you know, even in the same family sometimes, you're rooting for different teams. But they were saying to a man they all prefer Man City over Liverpool. Why do people yeah. hate Liverpool so much?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I think I think part of it is the history because in the 70s and the 80s, Liverpool was kind of, you know, almost like the Dallas Cowboys type of team. It's like they were the everybody – uh, they did so well, they were winning the league, it was kinda like, Oh, here goes Liverpool again, <laughs> they were so successful and now since they've kind of been pushed back a little bit, now they've gone back to a level where they can win the league. Right. It's back to this distaste of Liverpool again and, and really
0: It's like a reflex. Tr-
1: exactly, yes, exactly. So it's it's really I think Liverpool distaste by other fans, I think, especially Man United, that that rivalry goes a long way because they were always competing against each other. Yeah,
0: number one, and, number two.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and Man United, uh, obviously the 90s was their, their decade when they won everything. Um, and so I, I think from that standpoint, you know, I, I, I really think that uh, from a Liverpool uh, perspective, you know, if they can win and knock off, You know, Man United, they'll be extremely happy.
0: Okay. All right. If you'd like to know more about Adam and Rick, you can follow us on Twitter, FK with Adam and Rick, and Facebook, Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. Or you can check out our day jobs. I'm the publisher of Eckhart's Press, Eckhart'sPress.com, the co-host of the Minutia Men podcast with David Stern. Adam is the technical director, director of coaching for the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. The executive producer of the podcast is Tony Lasano of Opie Productions. We are distributed by Ed Sillam of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and we'll be back again next week with another episode of Free Kicks. <laughs> This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. A giant soccer penis. A Minutia Men quiz about washing your hands. Scamming a CIA director. Our Jenkins story. My brush with Deepak Chopra. And our celebrity guest, Zach Ward, Scott Farkas from A Christmas Story. All that and many, many tangents uh, and maybe even a poem. On this week's Minutia Man. The Tony Lasano podcast and OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. RadioMisfits.com.